a delivery. Oh, look at that off stump. Hi, everybody. If you're anything like me, you've spent your life searching for wickets. Well, look no further. Welcome to Wickets. We have more than we know what to do with and we're happy to share. Why don't you do the same? We're on Apple and Spotify, so tell a friend. The first hour of a test series involves some of the most anticipated moments of a match. We're too old to give you a full hour of cricket, but we can guarantee you six or seven of the most dynamic four-minute overs. Every four minutes, a different topic and more wickets. How's that for a strike rate? I'm Stu McGill. I used to play a bit. And this is Jack Sharp. He plays with mines. He's a magician. Hi, Jack. How are you, Stuart? How was your week? I am wonderful. All the better for hearing from you, mate. Let's get this party started. (laughs) This over, because I thought this first over is going to be called Going Global, because, Sharpie, you're an island. What have you got for me? Well, I have an apology to make, Stuart. Um, (laughs) Game three in Ireland... And the India T20 series was washed out. <laughs> <laughs> Your fault, of course. So that series, yeah. That, uh, so that series, the Ireland India T20 series finished two nil to India. Uh, going global internationally, Pakistan and Afghanistan are in Sri Lanka. Pakistan won that one day series three nil. Uh, Afghanistan in the first game all out for fifty nine. They were. Pretty ordinary. Game two, they posted 300 and Pakistan won nine down with one ball to spare, so a better effort in the second game. And the third game, despite a cameo 64 off 37 by Majib, uh, they were never really in it, so Pakistan won, won the third one. The Australian A team are in action against the Kiwi A team in Brisbane, you okay. may have seen. Um, after that. So... Uh, Kiwi's 147 uh, all out in the in the first innings, and Australia have almost passed them already. Caleb Jewell, the Tasmanian, uh, 69, not out, and also uh, Australia in action in the under 19. So the Australian under 19s are, are touring England at the moment. So stars of the future in action. They're playing five ODIs, two Test matches. The first ODI was washed out, but the second one took place yesterday. And an interesting name that you may have heard of. England made 263. Australia chased it down comfortably for the loss of three wickets. Sam Constance. Yeah. uh, 105, not out. He's the young wonder kid from one of your former clubs, Sutherland. You may have heard of him. Yep. On to the white ball. The 100th finals day at Lords took place at the weekend. How did that go? And Sharpie had a good, uh, well, I had some good predictions here. I mentioned the Southern Brave would probably win the women. Yes. They did. Okay. I said the Oval Invincibles would probably play the Manchester Originals in the final. They did. Oh, there we go. <laughs> the, yeah, the Southern Brave won easily. Danny Wyatt, 59 off 38 balls, was the player of the match. And in the men's, there was an interesting game, actually. The, the Invincibles were 34 for five at one stage and managed to get to 161 for five. Jimmy wow. Neesham and Tom Curran, Curran did the damage there. Uh, the Manchester Originals had a decent start, but then they lost four wickets and 20 balls, and they were never really never really in it after that. The U.S. Masters T10 I mentioned, it finally finished. And <laughs> the final, the new, the new, with the New York Warriors against the Texas Chargers, would end ended in the tie. And then the Chargers won in the Super Over. The West Indian Jonathan Carter was the hero there. The Caribbean Premier League has just uh, kicked off. 30 group games they had before they reached the finals. They wow. had a six-team comp- 
position, uh, competition. Has anybody been sent off, Sharpie? Has uh, anybody been sent off? Nobody sent off. No? No, not that I know of. I haven't seen any red cards. They've played 12 games of the 30, and I'll be honest, I haven't watched one full game yet, so I'm just (laughs) being honest with you. (laughs) Get on with it. Uh, The one-day cup that we kind of largely forgot about, uh, the semi-finals in England, Warwickshire-Hampshire in one semi-final, and Leicester v Gloucester in the other. So that's going global in terms of what's on, what's coming up next week. South Africa and Australia kick off their T20 series. Yes. The Kiwis are in England uh, at the moment. They're there for four T20s and four ODIs. They've had a couple of warm-up wins against Worcester and Gloucester. The Asia Cup, massive in the subcontinent, as you know, the Asia Time's Cup. Time's up, starting. Time's up. Oh, and just quickly, the oh. women, Pakistan women, South Africa, and England women, Sri Lanka. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Not bad. Close, mate. Close. Okay. So this is a. I've got a new segment for you, Sharpie. Um, it's going to be called Stewie's Stories. So over number two Wonderful. today. Over number two, Stewie's Stories. So sit back and relax while I regale you with stories from my childhood. Um, this first one is about um, somebody that is probably solely responsible for my cricket career. Um, You might think it's my father and my grandfather who both played for Western Australia. Um, But in fact, it's uh, one of my dad's best mates, Dennis Lilly. So (laughs) I was very, very lucky. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was very lucky when I was growing up. when I was a little boy, I used to call him Uncle Dennis. So that, it's, um, that's how close the families were. And I don't know if you remember, but in the, in the 70s, when I, certainly when I was a kid, when parents would go out for dinner, what they'd normally do is you'd, you'd take the kids, rather than getting babysitters as we do it nowadays, they'd take the kids and um, you'd sort of say hello to everybody politely and then you'd go to bed um, upstairs or on the floor or something like that. It was, it was the way it was done. So I used to go around to Dennis's house <coughs> quite regularly, actually. Um, and he always took the time to you know spend time with us kids my, my sister and I and um, every every single time I'd go over there when I when I finished you know when we left at you know midnight or whenever it was he'd give me a present so you know give me a bat or a photo or um, you know something pair of gloves one time um, it was it was actually fascinating the gloves because they just finished playing against the West Indies and his gloves were far different to the gloves that you know were going around at the time because they had an extra layer of foam in them because of the course the West Indies quicks were terrifying so you needed as much protection as you possibly could and when I was um, um, arriving at his house at the time I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this because it's um, it's not the world's greatest song but I used to love a Neil Diamond song called <laughs> Song Sung Blue and you don't sing it much worse than Neil Diamond actually no. but, <laughs> but I but I loved it and every single time I went to Dennis's house he would play it for me when I was coming in the door and I and I actually remember sitting in the back of dad's Kingswood driving over to Dennis's house wondering I wonder is he gonna play it is he gonna play it is he gonna play it and he always always did which um which was absolutely fantastic but so he he was a, a real good guy he still calls me every couple of months to make sure I'm doing okay so he's um you know he's he's a very very good friend of the family the the other thing he did when I used to go to every single day of every single test match and shield game at the uh, at the wacker 
And yep. Dennis, you know, I used to just like you know, pack at lunch and, and we used to play cricket out the back with all the other kids that you didn't know. And I walked up to the, um, the changing rooms one day with all the kids and Dennis called out to me and said, Stewie, Stewie, come up here. And all the, all the kids, it was like I was playing for Australia. I was instantly famous, yeah. which, um, you know, it was just the, the magic of the man. He, um, he also had magic later in my life, actually. Um, when I was doing really, really well in the early 2000s, I wanted to go and see Elton John in concert and I couldn't get any tickets and, um, at all, no matter who I put the word on. And I, um, I thought, oh, I remember Dennis used to say to me that he knew Elton. I'll, um, I'll try it out. I phoned Dad and said, can you see if Dennis can get me any tickets to Elton John? I reckon within about four minutes i got a phone call from um from my dad saying yep it's all sorted you're going to elton john and that as i said the guy was an absolute magician so hats off to uncle dennis lily right on four minutes sharpie that's how you do it mate uh but i've got to say all that all that talk i need a drink so um how about you look after this one for me sharpie it's a drinks break Thanks, Stewie. Now, anyone who's listened to the previous shows will all know that a bugbear of mine is the amount of unscheduled drinks breaks that uh, players take these days. It's uh, one of the contributing factors to the slow over rates, I've always said. But anyway, my view is drinking should be done in the sheds after the game. We're going to use this drinks break, though, to run a new segment called 60 Seconds with Sharpie, where we have a special guest answering some quick-fire questions, not necessarily all cricket as well, so a bit of fun. And this week I'm joined by Irish all-rounder Barry McCarthy, who's fresh from the T20 series against India, where he was not only in the wickets, but also in the runs. He scored a swashbuckling 51 not out from just 33 balls out in Malahide. So welcome, Barry. Hey, Sharpie. All good. Right. Now, the way this works, uh, we'll have some quick-fire questions, quick-fire answers, and then we'll hopefully learn some things that uh, you didn't know about Barry McCarthy. So, I'm going to start the clock here. Barry, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Full name? Barry John McCarthy. Age? 30. Teams you've played for? Pembroke Cricket Club, Leinster Lightning... Durham County Cricket Club, Ireland, MCC, and Randwick Peterson down in Coogee. Oh, in Sydney. Lovely. All right. Uh, other sports teams you follow? Any? Uh, football and rugby fan. Uh, be Manchester United in the football and Leinster rugby. Man United, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dear. All right. Favourite ground? I've played at a couple of nice grounds, luckily enough. Lords, the MCG. But for me, Trent Bridge is up there. It's where I made my first class debut. Nottingham, and you'll be back there in a couple of weeks against England. Hope so, yeah, yeah. hopefully so. Most memorable dismissal, do you have one? I've got a few, luckily enough, um, but one that springs to mind would be Kane Williamson in a first ball in a county championship game. First baller? Yeah. On your bike? <laughs> uh, I wasn't quite saying that to him at the no, time. No, no, no. Do you have a worse cricketing memory? Um, unfortunately, I do, actually. I held... The record for the most runs conceded in a T20 international. Oh dear, but you don't have it anymore. Uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't. I you, don't you don't. I won't, I won't, I won't uh, put someone under the bus and tell them who it was. Right, uh, best roommate? Josh Little's an easygoing character. Okay, Josh, good man. Uh, do you have any superstitions? 
I actually don't. That's one thing I don't have. Oh, good. Because most cricketers, we're, we're, we're all superstitious about something. All right. What was your... Did you have a big break in, the, in cricket? I did, actually, yeah. I netballed to the England team in 2013 at Malahide and bowled to Ben Stokes, which subsequently got me my opportunity over at Durham the following season. Any characters you played with? What about, say, funniest teammate you played with? Uh, it'd be Mark Wood at Durham. Mark Wood at Durham? All right. Uh, do you have a favourite band? Uh, I... I quite like you too, and it's probably a bucket list for me to go and see them live someday. You've never seen you too. The only not. Irishman who's never seen you too, perhaps. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, is there anyone you don't recommend getting in a round of drinks with? Uh, Harry Tector is quite frequently forgetting his wallet, yeah. Oh, right. I was thinking someone who might uh, just drink so much that you just find yourself under the table. All right, last one. Here we go. Let's hope this never happens, but you're on death row. What would you order for your last meal? I'm a bit of a simple character, uh, and I'm a massive fan of steak and chips with a bit of peppercorn sauce. Ribeye steak, that is. Ribeye. Yeah. How, how, how do you like it done? Oh, medium rare. Beautiful. That was Barry McCarthy. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, Sharpie. Back to you, Stu. Well, that's better. I feel much better after that. Thank you very much, Sharpie. Um, this section, uh, this over that we've got for you, is called Yes, No, Sorry. And I thought, Sharpie, this week we'd, uh, we'd talk about match fixing because it's been in the, uh, the news again. Marlon Samuels um, has been um, punished for the second time in his uh, career. Uh, Marlon Samuels, formerly of the yep. West Indies. He's been banned before, um, and this time he's been banned after a 10-over, a T10 competition a couple of years back. Um, what are you, what's your take on this match-fixing debacle? Well, match-fixing up. The first memories I have, you're talking about uh, when you remember Dennis Lilly and stuff like that. I remember they, the competition in Sharjah, right? And it was always India playing Pakistan. And, and we had mentioned names of individuals, I suppose. Well, I, I guess if they've there. been found guilty, then, uh, you know, it's probably fine. Yeah. yeah, so the likes of Salah Malik, uh, Muhammad Azaruddin, these guys, and that's when I first, heard of, I mean, I've never heard of a thing called match fixing. I didn't even know about gambling or betting or anything like that. And I suppose the biggest one, of course, uh, following that was when it all came crashing down around uh, Hansi Konya. Yeah. Um, as long as there's betting in the, in any sport, you're going to have bad eggs. I, 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 I'd be, it'd be naive to even think that it doesn't still happen. Even with all the technology and all the way we can trace people these days, uh, it still happens. And we've even seen as recently as a couple of years ago with uh, Pakistan, the, the very obvious Mohammed Amir uh, no balls in England. Uh, it's a blight on the game. I think it'll always be with us as long as you've got money, you've got greed, yeah. and people do silly things. From all reports, uh, I've been told several times by people who work in the betting industry that on every single Big Bash game, there's more money traded than there is on the Melbourne Cup. And when you consider how big a, an event that is, it's ridiculous. Most of the money is coming out of India, apparently, but that's uh, it's pretty significant. You might remember in one of the uh, Big Bash games a couple of years ago, Warney, and Marlon Samuels had a real run in, and that was all. Yeah. That was all based around the fact that we'd actually been told by um, Cricket Australia unofficially that we weren't allowed to sledge Marlon Samuels about, you know, having been found guilty. So for me, he should never have been allowed to play in our competition. I think once you've been found guilty of match fixing, that should be life. Um, 
So you weren't allowed, sorry, you weren't allowed to... They said we weren't allowed to say anything to him. And he got stuck into Warney, so Warney thrashed him and just, you know, got... So on that thing, and nobody really spoke about it afterwards, but that's what it was all about, Um, It was, which is ridiculous. So this time, Marlon Samuels, you're a match fixer, and uh, I don't really care what anybody else says about it. Um, As you mentioned to Azra Din... um, during one of the test matches, Australia beat South Africa out of the blue. We were behind for just about every session. It was Ricky, Ricky Ponding's 100th test match. I reckon he made 100 in both innings. Um, and we went out for dinner. Matthew Hayden and I and the wives went for dinner at um, the establishment. And in the corner of the room was Azra Din. He'd shaved his moustache off. But he, that's, he was sitting in there and I really couldn't help but wondering the next day when we won the game out of the blue, what was going on that he happened to be in Sydney uh, at the time that we we picked up a, a magnificent magnificent win. But um, I hate match fixes. Wow. I hate match fixes, mate. I, I just think they, they should be banned for life. Doesn't matter if they're 10, 10 years old. Wow. Okay. That one went quick. Now, Sharpie. Uh, that was good. Yeah, it was good though, mate. Yeah, I think I think it's important. We could do a whole, we could do a whole half an hour on match fixing and and the rest. I think and we the- could. We can't though because this four minutes has started. This over is your over, Sharpie. It's uh, magic moments. Magic moments. Okay. Well, today is Tuesday, the 29th of August, mm-hmm. and on Tuesday, the 29th of August in 1882. Mm-hmm was a remarkable test match. Now, a lot of our listeners will have uh, a rough idea of how the Ashes legend began. Some of our real cricket badgers will probably know exactly how it all began, and somebody, uh, some might know nothing about it. So, in 1882, there was a one-off test at the Oval, yep. England and Australia. Uh, a remarkable game. <laughs> Australia wanted to toss bat at first. They batted for 80 overs and were all out for 63. <laughs> uh, there, were 40, <laughs> there were 46 maidens. They opened the bowling with a leggy, Ted Pete. He took four for, 30 off, four for 31 off 38. And Dick Barlow, the other bowler, five for 19 off 31. England then went out and made 101 in 71.3 overs. Wow. Uh, a lot of people would remember the, the name Fred the Demon Spofford. Yes. He took seven for 46. Uh, Australia's second innings, they fared a little bit better. They made 122 all out. Hugh Massey, uh, contrary to the pace of play at the time, he made an, an electrifying 55 off 60 balls wow. in an hour. And Ted Pete took another four wickets. So England had a target of 85 runs to win the Test match. They were all out for 77. Okay. With the demon Spofforth, the hero. Uh, again, he took seven for 44. So he finished for uh, for the match with 14 for 90. And yes. they bowled 269.3 overs in two days. So how's that for an over race? <laughs> yeah, no fines there. And famously, no, that's right. And famously, this is where it all began. A mock obituary written by Reginald Shirley Brooks appeared in the Sporting Times, which, as everyone will know, it's said in affectionate remembrance of English cricket, which died at the Oval on the 29th of August, 1882, deeply lamented by a large circle of sorrowing friends and acquaintances, RIP, NB, the body will be cremated, and the ashes 
taken to Australia. Now, just a quick uh, side note on some of the players in the Australian team and the English team. Alex Bannerman, yeah. the uh, opening back for Australia, was the brother of Charles Bannerman. And Charles, of course, made 165, retired hurt in the first test match. Yep. Uh, Billy Murdoch was the captain of Australia. He captained them in 1880, 1882, and 1884, and then he went to England, and he ended up touring South Africa with England, and he played for England okay. in 1892. In, in 1911, he died at a test match, oh. uh, at the MCG, watching Australia, South Africa. He I was going to say, stroke. hopefully he wasn't playing. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Tom Horan, uh, who played in the first test, the old, one of only two test cricketers born in Ireland who played for Australia. Jack Blackham was the wicketkeeper. He had the gloves for Australia for 18 years. Uh, Fred Spofford, who I mentioned, who was, I'll show you how prolific he was. He got twice as many five for us and 34 less first-class games than Glenn McGrath. Wow. So that's wow. how he went. Uh, England had W.G. Grace, the legend, of course, who some people might not know, had quite a mediocre um, test average, actually. He only averaged 32 in test cricket. Oh. Uh, but he did score uh, 54,000 first-class runs and take nearly 3,000 wickets. Uh, Alfie Littleton was the first man to play cricket and football for England. Very good. He had five brothers who also played first-class cricket. Is that time up, is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, you, you probably there's got... a couple of others, which maybe <laughs> we'll get to next week. Well, there's a couple of others. Stiff. Incredible Stiff. stuff. That's how it all started. Bad luck, buddy. Uh, now we're on to my oh. we're on to my favourite topic, uh, my favourite overname, which is Uwe. Uh, this week, though, probably more uh, appropriately, it's Voist, because uh, Sharpie, I've been watching um, the World Athletic Championships. Voist is German for where is, and uh, I think Voist the medals because Germany's gone through an entire world championship of athletics without winning a medal of any colour, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but the the, the, re- the were reason... They even, were they even competing? <laughs> but they were, they were in just about every race, so they've just had a, a pretty bad couple of weeks. But um, a couple of things to come out of the World Athletic Championships related to cricket... Um, you may um, not know, but Wakar Yunus, the famous fast bowler from Pakistan, whenever you hear him speak, he actually lives in Sydney now. Whenever you hear him... He played for the North Sydney Bears. He played for the Bears. There you go. There you go. Um, when, whenever you hear him speak, he says that one of the reasons why he was able to bowl for such a long period of time in matches and fu- had such a long, successful career was because when he was a child, he was um, a champion javelin thrower. Um, and which I found fascinating. And when you look at his bowling action, um, it makes perfect sense. I wonder whether or not, um, you know, somebody like Jeff Thompson also, you know, threw a javelin when he was younger. But coincidentally, this World Championships, um, India uh, also had two or three people in the javelin. Neeraj Chopra won the gold medal. Apparently, he's just the gun. Yeah. Um, and second place was Nadeem from Pakistan. So um, there's obviously some link over there with cricket. I think even the, the commentator at the, at the Javelin even mentioned the fact that cricket was a big part of their lives over in, in, in their home countries. But India would have enjoyed beating Pakistan in this one. It doesn't always happen, but uh, at this particular moment in time, that's it. So there's the link between cricket and javelin the other link that i've got for you which is a little bit um 
unusual. In the women's high jump, we were really, really lucky. We had um, the silver medalist, um, Eleanor Pat- Patterson, and the bronze medalist, Nicola Oldschlager. Uh, and um, that, so yeah. that, was, that was fantastic. But what really intrigued me, now, as you know, Sharpie, I do a, quite a lot of coaching. And the, yeah. big, the big thing for me um, with bowling is your starting point. So it's, if, if you don't hit the crease consistently every single ball, then you've got very little chance of bowling consistency once you've let go of it. So a run-up is very, very interesting for me. And I, I often say to the kids that I'm coaching that I want them to learn how their run-up, learn how their run-up sounds and how it feels And so I was watching these two um, high jumpers and they were at the top of their mark. They close their eyes. They visualise running into bowl, uh, not running into bowl. They visualise running into jump. And while they're doing it, they were actually clapping out the beat of their run up. So as they get quicker, they were clapping click quicker. And it was absolutely bang on what I've been coaching. And look, it obviously works visualization and uh, that sort of thing, because both of these women did remarkably well, um, particularly Eleanor Patterson was injured all year and she could barely run. So to pick up silver at the world yeah. championships is absolutely fantastic. I'm, you know, it was great to watch and to be, Fair to World Athletics, it was an amazing tournament, I think, to rival any Olympic Games. So good on your Budapest that looked unbelievable. There we go. Once again, Sharpie, I'm the timekeeper. <laughs> now, this is That's going it. to be, this is the final countdown, Sharpie, um, and I thought I might give you an opportunity to sort of wrap up the week. Um, what, what do we talk about in the final countdown? Well, I, I briefly mentioned it in Going Global. I think it's what's coming up in the next week, which yep. will be fascinating um, because the Aussies start their uh, T20 series in South Africa. They're playing in Durban. Yes. Uh, Australia have quite a good record. Now, it's, it's really, people say, oh, you've never lost to that ground. I know this is many years ago often and it's totally different teams, but Australia have a pretty good record. Uh, playing cricket in Durban, won all the RMT20s there, but they have a test match and a one-day international winning record when, there. When we the played, Kiwis, when I, I, when I toured English. Durban, uh, Sharpie, we used to call Durban Detox Durban because it quite often came after a trip to Cape Town where you uh, you know, you know had a, a reasonably good time. But you get to Durban, Detox Durban, <laughs> stayed in the hotel. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be very interested in the, uh, well, two big series, the Kiwis, in England and the Asia Cup because the 50-over World Cup is just around the corner yeah. starting in, in October. So they're a couple of big series. And I briefly mentioned at the end of Going Global, the women, we've got Pakistan women in, uh, uh, sorry, South African women in Pakistan. Yep. And the Sri Lankan women are in England. They're both playing three T20s and three ODIs. And yeah. interestingly, the Afghanistan-Pakistan series is in Sri Lanka, uh, at the moment, yep. but Pakistan, South Africa women is in Pakistan, so there's cool. always a security threat when you have Pakistan, but they're playing all games in Karachi. That's so great. That's, that's, that's great. what's coming up, so, so exciting we, times as we move into the White Ball World Cup. Yep. So 37 days to go till the uh, White Ball World Cup, Sharpie, and the Rugby World Cup starts in 10 days. Um, Ireland, I think, yes. will do slightly better than Australia. Australia at the moment, um, since Eddie Jones take, has taken over, they've played five games and haven't won one. So their next game is against Georgia. 
Um, but they're 13 to 1 to win the World Cup. So fortunately, I'm not a gambling man, but that, that's uh, that's not a good thing. Ireland probably looks good though, Sharpie. Ireland are a massive chance. The big difference with the Rugby World Cup and the Cricket World Cup, the Cricket World Cup, the draw was only finalised recently. The Rugby World Cup is done almost immediately after the previous one and it goes on the world rankings at the time. So you have the top half a dozen nations basically in the uh, in one side of the draw, but, <laughs> which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Ireland and South Africa in one group, and the winners and runners up of the New Zealand France group will play in the quarter final. Right. So well, you're okay. going to have some heavyweights. It opens the path for Australia yeah. and even England on one side of the draw. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. There will be upsets. There've been upsets in the warm up games. There will be upsets in the main draw. I'm going for Wales. <laughs> I'm going for okay. Wales. Well, I love this. Yeah, I'll go for an Australia Ireland final if that can happen with well, the draw. Well, that'd yeah. be great. <laughs> well, Sharpie, that's us for today, mate. Thank you very, very much for your time. Thanks for calling in from Ireland. Um, we'll speak again Wonderful. next week. In the meantime, everybody, uh, we know you love wickets. Uh, everybody loves spending a bit of time with people that have wickets in their life. So thank you once again. Share with your mates, Spotify and Apple. We will speak to you again next week. Thank you.